Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We're going kind of local for today's Song of the Soul, with kind of being defined as only 90 miles away from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, all the way to Marshfield, Wisconsin. Our guest is Ryan Summers, and he grew up in Chippewa Falls, just 12 miles north of us, home to Cray Computers, by the way, as well as Ryan Summers. Ryan started out in the 1990s with a high school garage band, moved into DJing and producing rave-style music under the name Plastic Portal, and he's produced two CDs with his friend Nate Sherrier as Midwest Soul Exchange. He has just released his third solo album called Undue Influence, related to his experience back almost 10 years ago with something of a new age internet cult. Ryan Summers joins us today via Zoom from Marshfield, Wisconsin. Ryan, thank you so very much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. And thank you for welcoming me to your recording studio. I I don't know if this is where you record everything. Usually people have a garage. Do you just use the basement? It's mostly the basement, but uh, I've kind of commandeered some of the upstairs rooms as well, just on a need-be basis. Do you have fights with your wife about that? She's actually a really good sport about it, and I'm, I'm really good about communicating with her. So I, I wouldn't say we've thought about it, but there have definitely been conversations, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good to have a generous-spirited person working with you. I understand that you started out with garage bands, though. Did you actually do recording in garages back then? Oh, yeah. In 95, 96, when I was starting out, I mean, we would throw a karaoke machine or some sort of cassette tape recorder in a garage and, and just hit record and, and see what we'd get. And we'd learn from it or we'd just kind of have fun with the tapes. <laughs> My understanding is that keyboard is maybe your preferred music rendering modality. Back then, is that what you started on? Did you come out of piano lessons growing up or maybe a violin, you know, Suzuki method? Who knows? I started playing piano at the age of five, and yeah, it was actually through the Suzuki method, which I found was a really bad way to start piano if you transition to a a more traditional piano teaching approach. So my second piano teacher was always frustrated that I could never read the sheet music. I definitely started off on the piano and I'd feel comfortable with that as my main instrument. But it wasn't really until I started playing the guitar that I kind of developed more of a passion for writing music. And when was that? Kind of around that same time, around 1995, 1996. Yeah, I had a friend that had a, I think his parents had purchased an acoustic guitar for him and he could play some little things on it, some songs that we knew. And I would start to go over there to his house just to play the guitar. And, you know, he got kind of mad at me sometimes because I usually ignore. <laughs> but, but that's kind of how I started to get involved in the music scene and just find myself as a musician. Did you actually record music? Did you actually go out into public and perform this music or was it all kept in the garage? There were some public performances, like graduation parties were kind of a big deal back then. 
we were all in high school, so it's not like we could play at the bars or anything like that. So we just kind of took what we could get. <laughs> <laughs> battle of the Bands, that was another big one. You did a Battle of the Bands? How did you perform? Yeah, I think this was in 97 or 98. My band uh, with Nate Sherrier and a couple other guys, we entered the Battle of the Bands at Chai High, and we lost. We ended up taking third place, actually. So we're a little disappointed in that, but it turns out we ended up losing to the band that went on to win a Grammy. This was Justin Vernon's band at the time. So we oh, lost. Really? <laughs> <laughs> losing to Justin Vernon and Bon Iver is now that's wow. Yeah. I mean, they were a very different sounding band at the time, but it was still very good music and they're definitely talented people. So. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you start writing music? When did you pen your first song, song that you sang to someone else, let's say? Yeah, I think it was in 1996. And believe it or not, the first song that I wrote is actually one of the ones that I presented to you. It's the song called Simple. The lyrics have kind of changed over the years, but it was eventually one that my friend Nate Sherrier, whom you know we kind of share a music project called Midwest Soul Exchange. It was one where we decided, okay, it's time to actually formally record something of this sort. So that was actually the first lyrical song that I wrote, believe it or not. I actually had more of an interest starting out in writing instrumental music of various sorts. And that persisted, you know, even after high school and, and even to this day. Lyrical as opposed to instrumental. I do note that in the early thousands, you DJed, I guess, as Plastic Portal. And then Cellophane Superstars was 2013. So there's a progression going on here before you hit Midwest Soul Exchange in 2015. Would it be appropriate to start off with Simple as the first song to share? Absolutely, yeah. Well, let's launch into it. Our guest here today is Ryan Summers. One of his musical collaborations is with something called Midwest Soul Exchange, which he does with Nate Sherrier. This song he did with Nate as Simple. I wish that I were a rock, or maybe a spot on the wall, or sometimes even a rock, or a toy you see at the mall. Sometimes see myself naked Drinking soda and watching TV Living a life without promise Secrets held only by me But I've seen where the water flows From the river back into my home The never
guest today for Song of the Soul is Ryan Summers. His website, by the way, you might want to follow the link from northernspiritradio.org. It's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, S-U Music, Ryan, S-U Music.com. Again, the link's on northernspiritradio.org, so don't sweat it. There's at least two music producers out there called Ryan Summers. You'll find him easily by coming through our site, and you can find him on all of the music sites out there, Amazon, everywhere else. You'll find his music, but you might get confused with the other fella. So follow the link from NorthernSpiritRadio.org. The song we just listened to was simple. It was produced by Midwest Soul Exchange, which is Ryan and his friend Nate. It's off of their second recording called Weekend at the Asylum. And in case you didn't catch that kind of pun, that's strengthened and 
and weakened, not weekend, weakened at the asylum. And I am curious about this collaboration you have with Nate. Again, you and Nate go way back. You're making music together back in high school. So, you know, more than 20 years ago for you. Midwest Soul Exchange, and exchange is spelled just with the X, not EX at the beginning. What's that name about? We were trying to come up with a way of describing how we work as a group, as a band. When we recorded those albums, the first one being an album titled New American Century, and then the one we're describing, Weekend at the Asylum, neither one of us was ever in the same room recording that album. We were both in separate parts of the country. He lives in in Phoenix, Arizona, and I live in Marshall, Wisconsin. So when you think of just like the essence of your your songs, the soul of the song, just the soul of, of what's coming through, what you're providing to that musical piece, that's what we were exchanging across the country. And so the name was just, I don't know, we just felt it was really fitting and it's stuck with us, I guess. And perfectly appropriate for a program called Song of the Soul, that soul exchange. That's what I actually hope to do with this program. Yeah. And that's also why I do slow radio, which is to say I'm actually talking to you as opposed to just a list of questions, inquisitions, check it off, move on. So I'm thankful that you open yourself up to share this here today. How about sharing some more music? All right, let's play the song 15 Parts. Okay, and I know what this refers to just because you already gave people a clue. The album that you did, Weekend at the Asylum, you mentioned that it was thematic about Flint, Michigan. I believe that 15 parts per billion was, that's the amount of lead in the water that's it's bad, it's lethal, it's dangerous. That's the limit at which it's considered toxic to humans. You're absolutely right. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a big part of the, the story, obviously. I've never had anyone else share a song about the level of lead toxicity in water. It's amazing. <laughs> is, is that kind of how you and Nate work together? Is is politics or some people think of it as politics. It's just caring for people as far as I'm concerned. But does that play a part in your... When we get together, sometimes we're not even talking about music. Sometimes it's just... We're, we're trying to make sense of the world. And you know, a lot of times that's talking politics, especially these days. I mean, it's just what's on a lot of people's minds. It's certainly on ours. And this particular song, when we're talking about the Flint, Michigan water crisis, this kind of fits right in with just a normal conversation that Nate and I might have virtually. Well, let's launch into the song. It's again by Midwest Soul Exchange. It was written by our guest for today's Song of the Soul, Ryan Summers. And I've got a link to his specific website on nordenspiritradio.org. This is from Weekend at the Asylum, and it's called 15 Parts a Billion. Sarah could hardly believe it. Yeah. 
That's 15 Parts a Billion. It was written by Ryan Summers, who's our guest today for Song of the Soul. And it was recorded by Midwest Soul Exchange, which is Ryan and his friend Nate together performing across the country, exchanging souls all the way from Phoenix, Arizona to Marshfield, Wisconsin, where Ryan Summers is. Again, it's about Flint. It's about government. It's about caring for people. It's about how you live that out. Do you consider yourself any kind of political activist? I definitely consider myself a political activist to some degree, just in the sense that I think about this stuff. I try to get word out. I've I've even done some volunteer work here and there. I actually considered running for city office too, although that probably won't happen for a little while yet. But, but it's definitely something that's on my mind. I definitely, I consider it important. I consider public service, like real public service, an important thing. I think it's something that kind of gets lost these days in the, in the mudslinging of, of what goes on or what's considered politics today. I've got a lot of passion for that and just seeing that the people are taken care of, I guess, is really the main thing. I didn't ask you this about the song Simple. I mentioned to you before we got on the air, I'm Quaker. And one of the fundamentals of Quakers, I mean, a lot of people know about the peace testimony of Quakers because we got Nobel Peace Prize and stuff with the Underground Railroad, all that kind of thing historically. But simplicity is one of the fundamental things. And the Quaker Oats dude, the style of dress back then was considered to be, how do you live simple? Like the Amish, right? Yeah. But not the same as the Amish. It's a very different setup and organization, theology, everything. But what does simple mean to you in your life? I mean, that seems to me a really complex idea for people. Simplicity is a complex idea. Yeah, the song itself, since it was written as a personal song, it's more about trying to come to terms with the contradictions in yourself, wanting to be more simple, wanting to live a simple life, wanting to have a simple frame of thought. It's definitely something that I think we all want, like just as a comfort. But in reality, you know, we are kind of a bag of walking contradictions in a lot of cases. (laughs) The song is, I mean, it's about finding that acceptance that, you know, while I'm striving to be this, I'm recognized that I, in some ways I'm not, you know, there's a lot of complexities and a lot of contradictions just about myself that I'm trying to understand. Well, I'm going to ask you for another song in a moment, but first I want to remind our listeners that you are tuned in to Song of the Soul. We are featured on northernspiritradio.org, along with all of our other guests of the last 15 years. You'll find links. So when you want to track down Ryan Summers, his website is ryansumusic.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. And one of the reasons we have all the links to our guests is to make it easier so you don't have to remember remember every letter. So come to our site, track down all of the guests the last 15 years, post comments on and give us your feedback. And there's also a donate button, which you can support Northern Spirit Radio. This full-time work is supported by your donations, not by government and not by corporations, but it's because you want it to continue. So please support us and even more so support your local community media, specifically the 42 some stations across the country, community radio, who carry this kind of programming. So please support them. Allow the voice of the people to come out. You've covered a lot of formats yourself. I mean, you know, your music has been instrumental, but the stuff that you've done as part of Midwest Soul Exchange might be called best folk rock or with some pop influences, but electric techno is certainly 
part of your list of talents. Do you have a way that you think of your music making or yourself as a music maker? I generally think of myself as a sound designer. So I find myself really kind of geeking out on sounds at times. <laughs> Sometimes those are just pure electronic sounds. Other times it's actual live recordings. Uh, sometimes there's just a certain thing about like a sound's texture that gets me. And I try to find those ones that really speak to me and bring them out. I, I'm not really concerned about genre as much when I write my own music. Um, now, when I'm collaborating with other people, there's usually a concern that, hey, this has to kind of fit the whatever the Bond <laughs> style is. <laughs> so I kind of hold some things back when I'm working with other people. But when I'm doing stuff on my own, it's definitely uh, an exploration of sorts. Well, let's explore some more of the terrain of Ryan Summers with some more of your music. What's up next? How about the song She Flies? So She Flies is clearly about those things that buzz around ourselves and only the female ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a song about bats, but it's actually a love song too. In this case, it was my attempt to write a song for my girlfriend who is now my wife. This was uh, a song that I wrote for her while she was away for a pretty long period of time doing bat research in the Arizona desert. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> so now it's making sense. <laughs> so in a lot of ways, you know, she is the bat in some ways in the song, and it's describing some of the different things that she relayed to me about the work she was doing at the time. So that was... That kind of captured a, a certain feeling that I had just kind of being on my own, but also being in a long distance relationship and trying to cope with that. What you just explained, you know, dances in the desert and in the mud, these phrases in the song are going to make more sense to people. Let's listen now to Ryan Summers' song, She Flies. He did it again with his friend Nate as the collaboration called Midwest Soul Exchange. Here is She Flies. Too many, too few, fiery wings. Out of nowhere she comes and must face the Yeah. 
Summers is here today for Song of the Soul. He's part of a collaboration called Midwest Soul Exchange. At least that's one of the ways he makes music. And there's a lot more music coming out individually from him these days that we'll appreciate as well. That song was She Flies from the recording they did together back in 2016 called New American Century. Again, it was She Flies. That's a sweet love song. I love that. And, And by the way, Ryan, in case I haven't said this yet, I love your vocals in general, just the vocals you do, but the stuff that you do with Nate, particularly the choruses there, I love the way your vocals come together in close harmony. It's sweet. Thank you. It's it's something we, we try to emphasize a lot in our songs, and I, I think we both really enjoy doing it. It was actually kind of weird doing a solo album without Nate's voice on it. I, I'd gotten so accustomed to listening to his voice with it. It took me a little while to kind of get used to doing it differently. <laughs> well, how about we turn around and listen to some of your music now? Do you have some more to share that you'd like to share for Song of the Soul? This one is definitely a bit darker than the ones we've been listening to here, but it's a song called Follow You. It's off my latest album uh, titled Undo Influence. What's dark about following you? So (laughs) this may take a little while to explain. One of the big themes in this recent album that I'm releasing is this kind of darker side spirituality that I encountered in my mid-20s. I was part of a group online. You could kind of call it a, a new age group. The group was set up to kind of explore topics of spirituality along with topics of science. So trying to meld the two together in a way that made sense. And that was something at the time that really appealed to me. It was something I was kind of trying to reconcile in my own mind. So I, I got involved with this group online kind of for the purpose of discussion and, and just you know trying to learn something, I guess, trying to learn how to work on myself, how to make sense of a lot of different spiritual ideas. But what ended up happening is I I ended up going through kind of a difficult time right around when that was happening. I had been married for a period of time, and that marriage ended around the time when I was part of this group. And so I was kind of left in this disoriented state, you know, spiritually, just from all that. There was a lot of stuff I was dealing with emotionally and such like that. So this online group became a much bigger part of my life. It eventually became so encompassing that it was a detriment. It was causing me a lot of struggles. And there was a lot of manipulation. The more I got involved in this group, I saw a lot of stuff, people being manipulated into different things that they probably didn't want to be part of. It was a really confusing time for me. Eventually, I I, I left this group and I actually got in touch with a, a lot of former members and learned essentially that what we were part of was a cult. This is a textbook, new age religious cult, you could say. That was back in 2011 or so when I left this group. So you know, I've been processing this for about the last 10 years. And this album, this recent album, the songs on that are, are really kind of based around that processing, that deprogramming that I put myself through and just trying to make sense of that experience. This was all done remotely. It wasn't face-to-face. As you said, it was an internet group that you were connected with. So they had this undue influence on you from a distance. Yeah. And I think there was a small group of us that managed to get together once. 
but yeah, you know, 99% of the interactions were just, were all online. In fact, the group leader resided or resides in, in France. So yeah, it's, it was definitely spread out all across the world. Looking back on it today, I mean, it's, it's really one of those groups that's kind of the precursor to what we're seeing today in the media with these QAnon groups. I don't want to promote this group in any sense. I'm not going to mention the name, but if you read some of their own beliefs, like they're very similar in some ways to what people have probably read about with this QAnon stuff. It is interesting to find that part of ourselves which looks for that kind of sense of belonging together with people who believe the way that you do or that it gives you a handy handle on the world. It can be quite compelling. So what about Follow You? What are you specifically trying to say in this song? A lot of the music in it is, I would say, discordant, jarring. That's part of your experience, I imagine. Yeah, the song was written specifically about the cult leader in the group that I was in. And it's, you know, in a general sense about kind of the pitfalls of looking for spiritual fulfillment through another person, you know, through this very hierarchical structure instead of, you know, at times trying to find that inner voice. That was part of, you know, one of the big lessons, I guess you could say, that I learned is just that I have to rely more on myself, on my own inner voice when it comes to spiritual guidance. I think that there's a lot of wisdom in trying to work with other people and trying to you know, work on yourself with others. But there's there can be a dark side to that, as I discovered. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of really healthy religious groups out there. Like you, you mentioned before about the Quakers. I mean, that sounds like a, a really great way to explore your spiritual side. But yeah, there's also ones like I experienced where it becomes kind of a manipulative effort to get as much out of people for the sake of one group leader, essentially. It's a scary thing, and it should generate some fear in us that there but for the grace of God go I. And uh, certainly that's some of what Ryan Summers experienced and which he writes about in his song, Follow You. Don't try to walk that plank again I've seen it all before Sharks are in the water and the doves are at your door.
Ryan Summers released his latest recording, Undue Influence, just this past year, and it included that song, Follow You, expressing some of the discord that he experienced in deprogramming from connection with an online cult, an internet cult. I was just wondering, Ryan, if that has permanently soured you on community. One of the big tensions in our country, as far as I perceive it, is this individualism versus community. And I also find that there's an alternative a lot of people aren't very aware of, is that people get their community sense through corporations, through products. You know, maybe back when you were in high school, still, you know, it's what kind of tennis shoes you wear. That's your identity, right? Or... Birkenstocks for some people who are into sandals. So a lot of people actually, you know, just identify themselves that, you know, it's where you get your coffee. That's your identity. So that's a form of community that is not with people, but with structured ideas of some sort too. So where are you at with respect to community? For me, I mean, just what I learned through my experience in this group is is trying to understand what is healthy community. What does it mean to be part of a community that's actually healthy and, and not manipulative, you know, not trying to basically extract as much out of people as possible? There's various books that I read on this topic back when, but really, I mean, the, the main thing that it comes down to is, you know, if you're part of a group and if you feel like if you leave that group and you can't talk to the people that were in that group or are currently in that group, if you feel like you can't talk to them anymore after leaving the group, that's a bad sign. It generally means that there's something about that group structure where those people on the inside are seeing you as somebody else, somebody that might be just dead. You know, you're dead to me, that sort of idea. And that's a really bad sign. It's a really bad group dynamic, you could say. So a lot of what I kind of strive for is to try and and find those situations where there's healthy groups. There's plenty of healthy religious groups out there, Unitarians. I I think the the Quakers, like you mentioned, you know, even some very traditional religious affiliations are, are very healthy. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. That was something that I feel was like a pretty important lesson that I learned from that whole experience. So I I certainly don't despise community. In fact, I really encourage people, I, I, I strive for it myself. I encourage everyone to seek out some kind of community. And it doesn't necessarily have to be religious in nature, but just something where you've got some shared influences, you can generate some shared experiences. I think that's just part of who we are, part of being human. Again, I'm thankful for the impulse that you evidently feel to be part of community in your local government. It's so important, the ways that we work together. Even being married again, having been through it once, I'm on my second marriage. Sandra and I have been married now for 26 years. It seems to be working. But I think part of it is I had to grow in order to be ready for this kind of community. There's more growth I had to go through. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the thing about what I would call like instant community, like we're associated with the type of coffee we buy. That's a really kind of almost fast food, you know, mentality when it comes to community. And it really doesn't build any sort of lasting effect. It's just, you're right. I I see that now. And I see that even with, you know, some of the stuff that's happening with these groups online and such, like, it's kind of like you can kind of throw up some slogans and whatever, and like, and somehow like you're associated with this group. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of a very quick and dirty way of doing it. And it, it's really probably not the healthiest way to, to seek out community. 
Yeah, I don't think it reaches the soul, which is, again, why I try and do what I call slow radio. It takes time sitting and listening in order to know each other in the deeper parts and to be able to really value, including the parts we don't like. It's okay. (laughs) I think being able to be true and present is so much more important than being quick and convenient. Yeah. Some of the community work that goes on is years in the making. It takes a long time to organize and to really get people involved and such. So yeah, I mean, that's the hard work, but it's the work that's worthwhile. Well, you know, something else will be wonderfully worthwhile if we got in one more song from Ryan Summers. What would you care to cap your song of the soul with? This is kind of a long song for radio, so I hope your listeners are okay, but this one's called a <laughs> I've just been talking about slow radio. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there will be three minutes long. Yeah. So this song is called Osiris Stone. And this is off my recent solo album, Undue Influence, as well. In case you wonder about it, he doesn't only have Undue Influence as a release. He's got two previous releases. One of them is called F51.01, and the other one's called either II or 2. Again, I've got the links to Ryan Summers' website on NordenSpiritRadio.org. It is RyanSUMusic.com. Give me a little bit idea before we finish off with Osiris Stone, what this is about. It's clearly moving. It's got mystical elements to it. It's got transcendent elements to it. What is it for you? So this is a song that was an experiment that I tried in basically encoding some sort of technical information in the form of a song. So this song is actually kind of similar to how maybe the ancient Greeks used their myths, not just as like a nice story to tell, but like as a teaching tool, like for moral lessons, but also for more technical things too, which there there are certain scholars that might debate that, you know, like the Odyssey has like kind of these layered meanings to it. I read one where it was describing the Odyssey as actually like a map of Bronze Age trade routes across the Atlantic, which is kind of a fascinating idea. So the song with Cyrus Stone was, was actually the idea of taking the orbital cycles of Venus and Earth. Like there's a relationship, I believe it's every eight years on Earth is going to be five full years on Venus. And this is shown in the sky if you practice amateur astronomy, which is something that I've done in the past. You can actually trace a, a pentagram with the position that Venus takes across the sky in relationship to the sun. It's a really fascinating thing. But the song is just a story. It's a love story about a sailor looking for his lost love, essentially. But it's got these little bits of detail that allude to this cosmic relationship. Osiris, he's king of the dead, right? Uh, Or lord of the dead or whatever they call it. Yeah. And so the stone is supposed to be life-giving. You can bring back from the dead. Osiris also had another meaning, another layered meaning, and that was how certain ancient peoples referred to the planet Venus or what they saw as the planet Venus in the sky. So that's actually the reference there. And stone is just in the sense of it being a planet. So (laughs) it's more of just a way of trying to see how to relay information through song like that. I mean, I I think this was something that may have been a lot more prominent back like 2,000, 3,000 years ago, trying to actually use songs and song lyrics as kind of teaching tools. And it's, it's just been kind of a side interest of mine is to try to find ways in my own writing to do that. 
folks, get ready for some beautiful vocals. I think this is Ryan Summers doing vocals with himself, layering it on. You'll find great instrumentals mixed in. I advocate for listening to this song as we close out Song of the Soul, that you sit back, put your feet up, close your eyes, and just let yourself be washed by the music from Ryan Summers as he shares Osiris Stone. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot, Mark. And you'll hear us next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Ryan Summers, Osiris Stone.
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.